This is Grumpy SEO Guy, episode 15, SEO History 101, how to future-proof your SEO, the future of SEO algorithms, and AI. Trust me, these are all related. You're listening to Grumpy SEO Guy, the SEO podcast that doesn't waste your time with nonsense that doesn't work. I'm the Grumpy SEO Guy, and I'm sharing with you the strategies that have helped me successfully run my SEO agency for the last 14 years. In this podcast, I'll be sharing my knowledge and experience, discussing tips and strategies, and trying to help you cut through the confusion that permeates this industry. If you listen to this podcast, you will know more about SEO than 99% of people on the planet. Ready? Let's get started. I'm the Grumpy SEO Guy. Let me tell you why I'm grumpy today. I'm grumpy today. Well, you know what? I'm grumpy every day. Let's just get on with the show. In this episode, we're going to talk about the history of SEO. But I want to make something very clear. This is not going to be a list of every Google algorithm update, okay? Because first of all, that's not really related to what we're talking about. And second of all, you can just go online and get that information if you want it. We're going to talk more about the history of SEO from a broader perspective. And It's important because in order to know the reason that SEO works the way it does today, it's important to know the way it used to work. And when you understand the trends of how search engine optimization has changed over time, you will have a higher chance of being able to future-proof any SEO work that you might be doing. And we're going to talk more about that later. But before we do that, my lawyer tells me that I have to say this right now. A quick disclaimer before we get started, everything I say here is based on my experience and opinion from 14 years in the industry. I don't officially know how Google or any other search engines work. Everything I say here is hypothetical and based on my experience. This podcast does not constitute advice or services. What worked for me may or may not work for you. Okay, back to the show. So for now, let's get started. This is going to be pretty high level and we're not going to cover everything. We're just going to talk about the big changes between the way it was and the way it is. And of course, why? Okay, so a long time ago, and I'm talking, you know, late 90s, mid 90s, okay, search engine optimization tended to work in a specific way. And before we get into that any further, I'm going to ask you a question, and I've asked you this question before, and I'm going to give you the answer, but what is the purpose of a search engine? The purpose of the search engine is to make money, okay? Now, Some people might think, well, the purpose of the search engine is to show relevant results for the thing that you search for. Yes, but think about it. If a search engine gives bad quality results, what are you going to do? You're going to stop using that search engine. Okay, if you stop using that search engine, what's going to happen? They're not going to make any money. Why aren't they going to make any money? Well, just super quick example. There's many, many reasons. For example, let's say you're using Google. Sometimes when you search for things, instead of just the organic results, you also get ads. If you click on an ad, Google makes money. If everyone were to stop using Google, nobody would ever click on their ads. Now, of course, there's other ways that Google makes money, but this is just the easiest one to explain right now. So it's in the search engine's best interest to show you the best results, the most relevant results, and quality results, okay? The search engine's job is not to show you the best results. The search engine's job is to make money. And in order to keep you using it, it has to give you good results. Therefore, search engines over time change their algorithms 
to try and give you superior quality results compared to their competition and compared to what they did in the past. Okay, now let's go back to the beginning days of search engines. They all work pretty much the same. And before you say that this is a terrible algorithm, I want you to understand nobody had ever thought of this before. And so at the time, it was a good algorithm. So the algorithm basically worked like this. Remember, this is like a long, long time ago. The algorithm basically worked like this. The more often a phrase appeared on a site, the more relevant that site was considered regarding that phrase. In other words, let's say I have a website about dishwashers. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm selling dishwashers. Maybe I'm repairing dishwashers, okay? I have a site about dishwashers. It's likely that my website would use the word dishwashers pretty often. Why? Because I'm talking about dishwashers. I'm repairing dishwashers. I'm selling dishwashers, right? It would make sense that the word dishwasher or dishwashers would appear on my site. It would make perfect sense. Now, if you have a website and your website has literally nothing to do with dishwashers, well, it would make sense that the word dishwashers wouldn't appear on your site. I mean, maybe like once, maybe you, you know, were telling a story and you wrote something like, oh yeah, and then we bought a new dishwasher. Okay, but like it appears once on your whole site. So it's probably not really relevant for a dishwasher, right? But my website, which is selling dishwashers, it would make sense that it would have the word dishwasher a lot, okay? That makes sense. Now, you're probably thinking this and you're right that that's easy to manipulate. All you would have to do if you wanted to rank for dishwasher was put the word dishwasher more times than anyone else on your website. And you know what? That's what people did. It was very common in the 90s to have the words that you wanted to rank for. They, people would put them at the very bottom of their websites. They would use like, <laughs> they would use like five point font. They would use like four point font, right? Like. You, you couldn't find this unless you were looking for it. But usually if you scroll down to the bottom of a website, it would say, you know, dishwashers, 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 best dishwashers, how to fix a dishwasher, best dishwasher repairman, dishwasher services, like all the things, like all the, all, the, all the versions of the keyword that you could think of, like multiple times. I'm talking dozens, if not hundreds of times at the bottom of a website. And you know what? It worked. Now. Don't do that today. That's literally like one of the worst things you could do. In fact, you will get a penalty if you do that today. We'll talk more about that later. Just, I want you to understand that's how people used to do it. You can make a website rank for literally anything you wanted to just by putting that word on your website more than somebody else. Now, again, it's easy to manipulate and it kind of seems a little bit foolish today to have a search engine algorithm that works that way. but. When there were no search engine algorithms because search engines were a brand new thing, that was a pretty smart way to do it, honestly. Like, because what else are you gonna do, you know? It makes sense that a website that has a search term on it more often is probably more relevant for that search term than a website that doesn't have that search term on it. So, the next thing that happened was people started to notice. They're like, well, this guy just put the word over and over on his website, he's manipulating the system, okay. <laughs> so, you know what people did? They would have the background on their website be a certain color, and then they would put the text, they would do the same thing. They would put the keywords, you know, multiple times on their website at the bottom, but they would just use the same color as the background color. So like, you couldn't see it. Oh, and on that note, 
don't do that today, okay? Having text that's the same color as your background will get you a penalty. And that's the reason why, because everybody used to do it. Definitely do not do it today, okay? The crawlers that were looking at your website, they could read it, but like people couldn't, like humans couldn't read it because it was the same color as the background. Now, you may have noticed that at the bottom of the website, there was this giant spot of what looked like nothing, but you could still scroll in the website. Let's say the website was blue, okay? The background was blue. There'd be this giant area where everything was blue and it just looked like blue background. But if you highlighted it, you could see that the words, the keywords they were trying to rank for were in there and they were blue, just like the background. So it was obvious what they were doing. Okay, anyway, <laughs> so that's how search engines worked for a while. And again, it sounds dumb, but it was a pretty it was it was a pretty effective like first first generation of search engine algorithm i suppose because again what else were they supposed to do okay so somewhere along the line another search engine was created we'll call the search engine google because it was google so somewhere along the line google comes around and okay, listen, this might not be like, I'm not an expert on search engine history, okay? But I'm pretty sure this is how it happened. Somewhere along the line, Google comes around. I think it was like the late the late 90s. It might've been the mid 90s. I feel like it's 1995 that Google came into business, but I'm not sure. I don't think people actually started really using Google until I wanna say the early 2000s. I'm trying to remember when I started using Google. So. I'm, I'm remembering back in the day, there was, there was Lycos and Excite and Alta Vista and Yahoo. I think those were the main search engines back in the day in like the, in like the 90s, like the mid 90s. And then there was a search engine called Metacrawler and Metacrawler was awesome because it combined the results from all the other search engines. So I can't remember exactly which ones. I think it was all of them. It was probably the four that I just mentioned. But anyway, like back in the day, you would search for something on like Excite and you might get like one set of results. And then you'd search for something on Yahoo and you might get a different set of results. And, you know, because search engines weren't really that good. And then you could use Metacrawler and it would show you the results from all the search engines. And it was awesome. <laughs> okay, so anyways, I think it was like in the mid nineties, Google came into being and Google's main idea was, let's not do it that way. Let's use links. Okay, and now I'm really gonna shorten everything because again, this is not going to be a history of Google algorithm updates, okay? But basically from my experience, and again, this might not be the 100% official way, but this is my experience as part of the SEO community beginning in 2009 when I really got into this to this to this field um, this is how it worked based on the the collective understanding of the groups of which I was a member at the time how's that for a for a sentence okay <laughs> so Google came around and they're like hey let's not focus on the text so much let's look at the links and in the early days of my career, and I'm, you know, 2009-ish, from my understanding, based on what I have seen, it was very important to have 
a lot of backlinks and to have your anchor text in the backlinks, okay? Now, all of those things are still important. Well, the number of backlinks isn't quite so important today because today authority is more important than number of backlinks. But anchor text is still important, but not as important as it was. I'm gonna talk about both of those things later, don't worry. So anyway, in 2009, there was a big industry for the use of automated programs. And I've talked about these before, but they could build backlinks very quickly. You press a button on a program, it will build you hundreds or thousands of blog comment backlinks, which are super spammy by the way, and forum profile backlinks. Again, that kind of backlink is super spammy. But back in the day, it well, it's always been super spammy, but back in the day, spam wasn't necessarily a bad thing. So you could rank a website pretty quickly with thousands of backlinks from things like blog comments and forum profile links and you just had to have the keywords that you wanted to rank for in the anchor text, and you'd be at the top of the search engines. I wanna talk a little bit right now about having the keywords that you wanna rank for in the anchor text, because while that is still important, okay, it's still important, and it's still the way that you can rank a website now for words that don't even appear on the website, and I talked about that in another episode, you can't do it as much as you used to. Okay, so there's something now called an over-optimization penalty. And I talk about this in the penalty episode, which is episode two, but basically if too great of a percentage of your anchor text, meaning the links from other websites, the words that are in the links from other websites, if too great of a percentage of those are your keywords, you get a penalty. So if you wanna rank for blue widgets back in 2009, you'd probably want 80 or 90 or 100% of your backlinks to use the anchor text blue widgets or some form of blue widgets. But today, if you were to do that, if you were to have anything even, even approaching 80 or 90 or 100%, you would get an over-optimization penalty. Again, go listen to episode two if you wanna learn more about that. But it's still important today, but the percentages should be much lower. I would probably not exceed, you know, 10% of your backlinks. And truthfully, I would probably keep it closer to 5% having a single anchor text today because it was so used in the past that the search engines specifically changed their algorithms to account for that. So, you know, it's still important, but it can't be done with the level of spammy frequency that it was a long time ago. Now, that was 2009 ish, okay? 2009, 2010, people were really excited about these programs. And then, you know, shortly after that, there were some algorithm updates and low quality backlinks, again, like forum profiles and blog comments, stopped being so effective. And today, if you have too many of them, you can get penalized. There's a, there's a spammy backlink kind of penalty um, I actually had something like that happen to one of my sites. And I talked about this in the penalty episode, which is the second episode. But uh, if you wanna go listen to that, you can. But here's the, here's the short version. I had a website. I just made this website for fun. I was just getting into SEO. I had made a website. It was about a very specific uh, practice within the field of martial arts, okay? Let's, let's put it that way. 
I had a great website. I had handwritten all the content. I think there were like 15 or 20 articles on the site. It was really, I was very proud of it. It was ranking very well. Okay. Now, back in the day in 2009, it was very common to make what you could consider an article site. So what people would do, and there were tons of these websites, they were the worst. But anyways, what they would do is they would find a website, they would take existing content, they would run it through a spinner, which if you remember from earlier episodes, is a program that basically just like uses a thesaurus on every word and creates unique content, but the content doesn't make any sense. I gave an example of that in a different episode, but basically, okay, here's the thing. Let me, side note, people, when they were offering their SEO services around 2009, 2010, would make a big deal about unique content. We have unique content. Because remember, people think that duplicate content is bad. It's not necessarily bad. Um, I've talked about that a lot before, so I'm not going to get into it again right now. But everybody was like, oh, unique content. Oh, unique content. Okay, good. Unique content is awesome. Don't misunderstand. But remember, 99% of SEO providers are scammers and liars. So while they were correct in telling you that it was unique content, they didn't tell you that it was rubbish quality content because all they were doing was spinning some original article and making dozens of copies where every word was basically a synonym of every other word. But the result when they were finished didn't make any sense if you actually read it. So it, spun content is basically worthless. Uh, as far as providing value to anybody goes. Anyway, so everybody was like, unique content, unique content, yay. But like, <laughs> they, they didn't tell you that it was spun content. And so you'd have, you'd have a lot of people offering SEO services that involved this low quality spun content. And anyways, these websites, so that was, that was the end of my side note. So anyways, <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is spinning content was popular for some reason, even though it was like, I, I don't know, like my, my agency has never spun content because I'll get to that in a minute. But anyways, listen, you had all these websites, these article websites, article directories, you can call them that. And they would take one article and they would spin it and they would post it on their website, which gave them unique content, yay. And they would have a link at the bottom back to the original, I guess it's some kind of like reference or something. Okay, which in and of itself, is not really a bad thing. Here's why it became a bad thing. You remember my website that I told you about? All of these article sites stole my articles, spun them, put them on their websites, and then link back to my website, okay? Why is that a problem? Because all of these article sites eventually were labeled as spam by the search engines, which makes sense because they were garbage, but because they all linked to me, you remember the concept of bad neighborhood, Therefore, my website got a penalty too. So my awesome website with high quality content got a spammy link penalty and I had nothing to do with it. It was just people liked my content. They stole it. They spun it. They linked back to me. They got penalized. And because they were linking to me, I got penalized. Now, I'm sure some people are going to have some different opinions. Though maybe your content wasn't as good as you thought it was. Blah, blah. Okay, guess what? You know what I did? First thing I did, and I talked about this in the penalty episode too, I think, <laughs> is I tried to use the disavow tool, okay, to disavow bad links. 
And I'm pretty sure I mentioned in that episode that I don't think that's actually what the disavow tool does because I never had success with it. I think I waited a couple months. I had hundreds of links. There were literally hundreds of these spammy websites linking to mine. I found them all. I mean, I found as many as I could. It was hundreds. I'm sure there were others that I didn't get. Anyway, I disavowed them. I followed all of the procedures that you're supposed to. I disavowed all these spammy links. Literally nothing happened. My site was still penalized. It was nowhere near the top of the search engines, whatever. I believe, I'm not really a conspiracy theorist. I believe that the disavow tool is to help search engines find spammy websites. I don't believe that it actually will get you any link juice back. I don't believe that it will cause the search engines to ignore the spammy links, which is what it's supposed to do. I don't think that's what it does. I think it's a C- I think it's more of a kind of spy tool to help the search engines find spammy backlinks. Because if it were the case that the disavow tool performed the way it's supposed to, my website would have recovered its ranking, but it never did. But do you know what I did? I made an exact copy of my website on a brand new domain All the content was the same. Everything was exactly the same. And within like two weeks, I was back on the first page of the search engines. And let me just clarify something here too. I did not redirect the old domain to the new domain because I bet there's a person listening to this who has a question. Well, I heard somewhere that if you change domains, you should redirect your previous domain to your current domain. Yes, the answer to that is sometimes, but if there is a penalty on the old domain, you do not redirect it to the new domain. You salvage as many links from other sites as you can, and hopefully you control those sites because hopefully you're doing it the way my agency does and you have a portfolio of authoritative domains and you can point them to whomever you want, whenever you want. Otherwise, you're gonna be stuck chasing links. And I talk about this on other episodes, but people tend to like things like guest posting and link outreach and all these other options where you do not have control of the links. And then for whatever reason, if you ever need to point those links to a different domain, you might not even be able to because you don't control them. With my agency, we control all the domains. So if we ever have a client for whatever reason who needs to change domains, and I talk about this in episode two when I describe a client we had who got negative SEO'd and what we did to fix it. Well, hint, they had to move to a new domain, which is quite often the only way to recover from a penalty. But I talk more about that in a different episode. Anyway, it was very easy for us to point all of our links to his new domain and start building authority because we controlled those links. Can you imagine if you had a powerful link from somebody and for whatever reason you needed to change it to a new domain, but there was no way to get a hold of them or they weren't responding to your emails and you had this amazing link, which probably cost you a lot of money, by the way, and it's now pointing to a previous domain that is serving you no purpose. Guess what? You just wasted your money. That's why you should control as many domains as you can for link building purposes, because you can do whatever you need to with them. And for whatever reason, if you need to change domains, it's very easy to point all your links to the new domain. Now, therefore, it has nothing to do with my content, which was great, by the way. My content was awesome because I hand wrote everything. It had everything to do with the spammy links. And just for fun, because I feel like mentioning it again, The disavow tool did absolutely nothing. 
I have never had success with the disavow tool. I have never had any clients have success with the disavow tool. And I have never met anyone who has ever had success with the disavow tool. I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm saying I have met zero people who have successfully used the disavow tool and gotten their penalty removed. So consider that, I guess, in the way you want. Anyway, the spammy links from things like forum profiles and blog comments became devalued. The search engine said, hey, these are garbage. They're easy to automate. Let's not consider them. And so slowly there was this change from number of backlinks to quality of backlinks. Um, so we talked about anchor text, right? Let's go back to that really quick. If you wanted to rank for anything you want, like, I don't know, t-shirts, blue widgets. Let's say, let's say blue widgets, okay? Great example, blue widgets. Back in the day, all you had to do was get tons of backlinks with the anchor text, blue widgets. Super easy, super easy. In fact, there was even something called a Google bomb where <laughs> people, I'm trying to remember, people would on their websites or on forums, they would, they, everybody would pick a keyword that they wanted to rank for a certain thing and then they would all make links to that certain thing. And I think, I might not be correct about this, but I think there is one for like biggest idiot in the world or something. So if you typed in biggest idiot in the world, everybody had linked to this picture of George Bush. And so I, I might have this wrong. I might have the names wrong. I might have the text wrong, but I think that was, I think that was the, the concept. Everybody said biggest, it was like biggest idiot, biggest idiot in the world, biggest idiot on the planet, something along those lines. And it was like a picture of George Bush. And so, ha ha ha, supposed to be funny, right? So anyone, I don't know why anybody would ever type in biggest idiot in the world, but if they did, the first result was a picture of George Bush. Now, why am I mentioning that? Because that literally supports the fact that the only thing that mattered was anchor text and number of backlinks. So anyway, the search engines changed that because it was too easy to influence the results, okay? So they switched over to what I call the high school popularity algorithm. Now, this is like the authority-based algorithm, but it's kind of more like high school. And I've said this before, but if you've been to high school, you know, at least in America, um, you understand how there's cool kids and then there's everybody else. And how do you get to be a cool kid? You have to be friends with other cool kids, right? Now, are the cool kids the best at sports? You know, maybe, I don't know, <laughs> maybe. Are the cool kids um, the most likely to be successful in the future? Eh, not necessarily. Are the cool kids the smartest kids in the school? Eh, not necessarily, but they're cool, okay? And why are they cool? Because they're friends with other cool kids. So, and yes, this is totally stereotypical, but I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about too, if you've been to high school. Anyways, how do you get to become a cool kid in, in high school? Can you just be awesome at something? No, that doesn't make you cool. Can you be the best at sports? Again, like, like in America, that, that might actually make you cool, but not necessarily. Can you be the most intelligent kid in high school? No, that's not gonna make you cool. How do you become cool in high school? By becoming friends with the cool kids. That's how you become cool. Now, that's basically how ranking works. That's basically how the authority algorithm works. 
How do you get to the top of the search engines? Do you get a lot of backlinks? Well, no, that's not going to get you to the top of the search engines. Do you have great content? Well, this won't get you to the top of the search engines. What if you get backlinks from authoritative websites? Well, yeah, that will actually give you authority and that will get you to the top of the search engines. When you're in high school, having a lot of friends doesn't necessarily make you cool. Your friends have to be the cool people, then you're cool. Having a lot of backlinks doesn't necessarily get you authority. Your links have to come from websites that have authority. That's why I call it the high school popularity algorithm. <laughs> I don't, I, I, that's definitely not like the official name for it, but I think that's the easiest way to explain it. So anyway, it, it kind of, it kind of makes sense. Look, it kind of makes sense that they would do it this way. Okay. It's definitely superior to the first way, right? Where you can just like spam your website with whatever and rank for that. Like definitely, definitely better than doing it that way. Okay. The theory behind the authority algorithm is that websites with authority are probably better. Why are they probably better? They are probably better because more people link to them and because better quality websites link to them, okay? They're not necessarily better, but they're probably better. So if the search engine is considering authority in which websites it shows you when you search for something, by using websites with greater authority, it is probably giving you better quality results, okay? Again, not necessarily. How many times have you seen a website at the top of the results that has terrible, unhelpful content? I see it quite often, but you know what? It's on a very authoritative domain, therefore it ranks well. You want a high school analogy? How often have you seen a popular kid do something dumb, okay? And you know what? He's still popular, I mean, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like an authoritative website providing garbage content that doesn't help you. And I even gave a specific example of this in another episode. And as long as you have authority and you don't do anything super stupid, okay, like get a penalty, you're going to be at the top of the search engines. As long as you're a cool kid in high school, as long as you don't do something completely stupid, you're still going to be a popular kid. Okay. It's basically how it works. Um, <laughs> So I don't know, like I wasn't very cool in high school, so I, I don't mind giving that analogy. But <laughs> I mean, I, I, I own a tech agency, so how, how cool could I have been in, in high school? But anyways, um, <laughs> it's funny. Um, I remember, so uh, in, in high school, I don't want to give away my age. In, uh, in high school, the internet, when I was in high school, the internet was just becoming a thing. And I actually remember one of my friends laughing at me because I told him that I used the internet. So yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, everybody uses the internet now, I guess all the cool kids. Anyways, so that's why it works this way. Now, there's two more things I want to talk about. The future of search engine optimization and future proofing whatever you do. Let's talk about future proofing first. Okay. There's a reason that most of our clients are not significantly affected by algorithm updates. Now, if you spend any time on SEO forums or in different SEO uh, environments, I guess you could say, people always complain about algorithm updates. They'll say, oh, our client was at the top and then this stupid Google algorithm update happened and now they're not at the top anymore. And they're always mad about it. They're always so mad about it. Or like maybe it was one of their sites or we were at the top and then and I'm so mad at Google. And it's like, all right, 
I guess. Good. You're okay. Whatever. Look, this is the reason, and I can't say every client, but most of our clients are not affected by algorithm updates. Um, And it is this. I think it was 2010. I was watching the evolution of search engines. I was watching how programs that you know, create all the spammy backlinks at the touch of a button were becoming devalued. And I said, this was just a guess, honestly, but it seems like I was right. I said, anything that can be automated will be devalued, okay? I'll say it again. Anything that can be automated will be devalued. So I was correct that we should not use things like spun content because Spun content isn't immediately discernible by the search engines, but if a human lands on that site, for whatever reason, maybe they're doing a manual review of something, which happens, by the way, they'll say, oh, spun content, yeah, this is spam, penalized, and then your clients might lose their rank and so on, it's bad. And I said, we're not gonna use any of these automation programs, we're not gonna use any push a button and get thousands of backlinks. Why? Because it can be automated, it will be devalued, and sure enough, that's what happened. Now. The way my agency runs, which I've mentioned numerous times, we own a large portfolio of authoritative domains that we use to link to our clients to provide them with link juice and get them to and keep them at the top of the search engines, okay? We don't do link outreach, we don't do guest posting, we don't rely on other people because that's dangerous, inconsistent, inefficient, and I don't like to let other people be in control of our backlinks because you really can't trust anybody, okay? again not wearing a tinfoil hat, but come on, it's the SEO industry. Do you really trust anyone anyway? But listen, my agency followed this rule of only do things by hand, only do things that can't be automated and make everything look awesome and natural. And it's been working fantastically for over a decade. So I don't, I don't know. Anyways, let's talk about, let's talk about future proofing. I honestly believe that if you follow this rule, anything that can be automated will be devalued. Therefore, don't automate anything. And more specifically, don't do anything that can be automated. I think you will be very successful going forward. I don't think you'll have anything to worry about. With that said, there was no chat GPT back in the day when we were doing this, okay? I'm not saying, let me just be clear right now. I'm not saying don't use ChatGPT, okay? If I were starting over today, I would probably use ChatGPT, but I would probably not use it the way everybody uses it, okay? Why? Because there are programs that can detect with reasonable consistency content that was made by hand versus content that was made by AI. It is conceivable that in the future, that will be something that the search engines consider. They will say, oh, this is, all, this is AI-generated content. We're going to not rank it as highly as handwritten content. Why? Because AI content can basically be used, I don't want to say to cheat, but you could definitely produce content more quickly with AI than you could if you were actually writing it. With that said, I'm not saying don't use ChatGPT. I'm saying don't use it in a way that's obvious that you're using ChatGPT. Okay, I'm going to leave it at that for now. But... Anyways, let's talk about the future of SEO, okay? Because I honestly think that results are going to rely on authority until a certain point. And I don't know how long until we get to this point, okay? But 
Let me explain to you how this is gonna work. Right now, as we talked about, it's in the search engine's best interest to deliver quality results so that you keep using the search engine and you know occasionally click on an ad and the search engine makes money. Okay, authority is currently the optimal way to probably deliver great results. Now, again, there's plenty of exceptions. There's plenty of websites that have tons of authority and terrible content that rank very well. There's tons of websites that have amazing content and no authority and don't rank at all. I'm not saying that it works flawlessly, it doesn't, but that's the way it works. So in the future, when the search engines are able to accurately gauge the quality of content to the degree that they know which website answers your question and serves the result based on the answer to your question and not the amount of authority a website has. When we get to that point, and I don't think we're there, when we get to that point, I don't think authority is gonna matter at all. Why? Because some new website that nobody's ever heard of that was recently published might perfectly answer your question and therefore should be the number one result. After the search engines get to a point where they can do that, I don't think authority is gonna matter anymore, okay? At that point, it's going to be all about quality content. We're not there yet. I don't think we're gonna get there anytime in the near future. I, I, I kinda hope we do because that would make the search engines better, okay? And then I wouldn't have to keep paying for my portfolio of websites because <laughs> there would be no need for them anymore. Look, like, <laughs> honestly, when the search engines can tell which website answers perfectly the searcher's question, there will be no more need for authority. However, search engines are not there yet. Therefore, authority is the most important factor. And I've said this before, but let me say it now too. In 14 years, over 14 years actually, of running an SEO industry, we've had over 400 client projects, okay? In less than 1% of those, we had to do something to the client's content, okay? In over 99% of them, okay? Not 99%, over 99% of them. The answer to their problem was giving them more authority by getting them backlinks with correct use of anchor text and from authoritative domains. And that got them to the top of the search engine. Their problem was that they were not at the top of the search engine. The solution to their problem was not changing their content. It was getting them backlinks from authoritative websites. And that solved their problem by getting them to the top of the search engines in over 99% of cases. Anyway, I think that's everything that I wanted to talk about for this episode. Let's summarize what we learned. Back in the day, search engines only looked at content, and the more frequently you had certain terms appear on your site, the better you would rank for that. But that was easy to game, so Google came around and said, hey guys, let's not do it that way. Let's look at backlinks because that's a better metric for value. And then number of backlinks was important, anchor text was important, and then they said, whoa, 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 hey guys, people are gaming the system too much. Look at all these spammy backlinks. Let's use authority instead. And then they started coming up with various measures of authority and a backlink from an authoritative site counts for more than a backlink from a low quality site. And that's basically how it works today. So there you go. In the future, authority is likely to be required until the search engines get to a point 
where they can specifically pick websites that answer the searcher's question and show that result and not have to rely on authority. But in the meantime, authority is an analog for quality with the assumption that the more authority a website has, probably the better it is. So it's probably fine to show a more authoritative website in the results than a less authoritative website in the results. And for that reason, 99% of SEO now involves getting authority. You're listening to Grumpy SEO Guy, the SEO podcast that doesn't waste your time with nonsense that doesn't work. Join us next Wednesday when we talk about how to do SEO on a brand new website, including when and how quickly you should do certain things. 